0: Hey, this is Scott Dap Sugar West. You're now tuned into the Uncool Urban Podcast.
1: All right. This is another episode. This is episode 31. 532. This is 32. 532. I'm about to say, man, you about to really confuse me. <laughs> I finally remember how many episodes there actually are at this podcast. Uh, this is episode 31. I was like, oh, man, it's 32. I'm like, what was 31? Mm-hmm. Um, 31 of the Uncle Urban podcast. As usual, it's the treacherous three. I will let DJ Smiles give the intro as he only knows how.
2: All right, it's your boy Smiles, a.k.a. Euronomy Gray Joy, a.k.a. 2 Badge, a.k.a. Prince Radio Rahim, a.k.a. the hip-hop Adam Schefter, a.k.a. the t-shirt Tom Brady up in the building. First, I got my man Shot, a.k.a. Shot Diddy, a.k.a. Shot Navisky, a.k.a. Shot 41, a.k.a. the mayor O'Cliff in the building. All right, and I got my man Tim. The returning. <laughs> yeah. Return of Mac. Um a.k.a. Yogity Stoner, a.k.a. Papa Tim, a.k.a. the all chemist up in the building.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? Good. You good, back. Good. Are we doing good?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right, let's bring our guest in right now because mm-hmm. this, there she is right there.
2: Yes, yes. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. How are y'all?
2: Good. Doing good. Hey, excellent, okay? excellent. So excellent, excellent. Thank you for coming on. Oh, you sound fine. Oh, so y'all good? Oh yeah.
3: Okay, we, just good. Doing, yes, good. we just doing.
2: We we just doing the introductions. You want to introduce yourself? You got any any funny AKAs you want to give yourself? Mm,
3: no.
4: <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're
2: not. <laughs> not AKA vote for
1: this woman. That's how. That's how <laughs> <our> AKA. <laughs> that's AKA vote for her. <laughs> I'm sure my team has a lot of AKAs for me that
3: they probably ain't never told me about, but um mm-hmm. uh, no, i'm jasmine crockett state representative elect for house district 100 here in texas
2: oh how about this how about what, what was your line name because i saw you're a member of Delta Sigma steadfast 30.
3: diva
2: steadfast diva yep all right okay. yeah jasmine crockett aka the steadfast diva
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but how yeah how you doing today ma'am
3: Man, I'm I'm good. I'm not a ma'am. Oh well, my, I'm, gosh. I'm, I mean, uh, oh my god. I mean, so I know we in like Texas. Everybody thinks I'm so young, but maybe I'm starting to look my age. No, I'm, I'm a ma'am age. No, no, I'm just jazz. Seriously. <laughs> no, um, we ain't, so talking in
1: the south. You know, jazz ma'am jazz. Is, is just organic. It just comes out like that.
3: Is that what
1: it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, like yes, ma'am. I say yes, ma'am all the time. Yeah.
2: I actually met you uh, last year at an event. Um, it was like a Microsoft event. Um, you, you spoke and like a police officer spoke and like a teacher and all that. I actually saw you met you last year at an event.
3: Yeah, no, uh, Microsoft has done, done great things. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know about like their kind of black segments and mm-hmm. how they are continuously kind of pushing this black agenda within their corporate environment. And so, yeah, it was a great event. I've actually done some more stuff with Microsoft And I actually need to give away this uh, Xbox One um, that somebody that's in that group actually uh, donated to us, so that we could promote the census. So now that the census is over, I really need to do that drawing. So we're giving away an Xbox One as well as an iPad. So um, that's pretty cool of them. Okay. Well, look
0: no further. You found your winner right here. I know. I was like, (laughs) how how can one of us win (laughs) (laughs) the
2: (laughs) Xbox? Listen,
3: the, the 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 it's closed now. Uh, The census ended on the 15th, thanks to the president of the United States. So it just ended two days ago. So I actually need to go ahead and do that drawing, um, because it was all about really encouraging people to do their count. And and sadly enough, you know, so many people are like, "Why I need to do the census? And why the government needs to know where I'm at? Mm -hmm. I ain't trying to give all that information, right?" But Mm -hmm. then we turn around and they say, "Why they closing our schools? Or why my school falling apart?" (laughs) And I'm like so it kind of goes hand yeah. in hand right yeah. but a lot of times you gotta uh, why like- can't
1: i get like my snap benefits and things like absolutely,
3: that absolutely but a lot of times you gotta make it like people gotta see something right then right now like what am yeah. i gonna get right now and i'm trying to tell people this is the best stimulus package you could ever get that's 100 dollars that you get Man. that comes and goes but you get so much more if you just fill out your census. but like they can't see it. It's not as tangible to them. Yeah. Um, they see it when it's not coming in, but they can't see it, you know, they don't see the benefit. So I needed to get something tangible that they could have in their hands so that they would say, "Okay, well let me go on and do my census." Even if they didn't really want to do it, it's like, "Well I got a chance to get an iPad or an Xbox one. So let me go on and do this." Right? So that's why we ended up going out and soliciting people to kind of get that done cuz I I need my district to be counted and I I think my count is going to be really really low, which means that um what's gonna happen is you know let's say if you've got a hundred people that are in your district mm-hmm. right but the count says i only have 50 people they're only gonna give me resources for 50 people for 50 and people. i'm gonna have to split that between 100 people and mm-hmm. i'm like this is a problem y'all so this is why we get pennies because guess what when we started going to like the northern part of dallas mm-hmm. like their their turnout as it relates to their census you know they were up around 70 80 return so guess what? They almost getting one for one. I'm not, right? So we we stand behind. So yeah. it, it's problematic, but it is what it is, and, and I'm am going to make it do what it do.
2: Yeah, well, Actually, that kind of thing, one of my first questions, because uh, I was actually talking to Shot about it, because I don't know how to tell what the district's are. Can you explain to me what, what consists of District 100? Because I know, me personally, I, I live in North Dallas over by the Galleria I was going to say, District 100, that's where I'm at. So
3: Yay! So that means I am your rep. Yeah.
2: You yeah. Oak Cliff.
3: I just want, I just want you to know. Just want you to know. Um census, yeah, I did,
2: know I, did, my, I did mine. So,
3: if you know so the, so the thing about the census is that uh, it's also going to dictate what happens as it relates to our lines. So right now I can tell you what my lines look like, but my lines will change because every district is supposed to be about the same amount of people so that's another thing so i'm gonna end up with a district that's really bigger than it should be because my count is going to be down right Mm -hmm. so they try to make them equal so um the last census which we would we do the census every 10 years and then we redistrict every 10 years after we get our numbers so last time each district should have been comprised of about 167,000 people. Mm -hmm. So what happens in like your urban areas is you end up with like all of these reps because our urban areas have so many people in like a compact area. Mm -hmm. Then when you go out to the rural parts of Texas, a state rep may be three or four counties deep. Like he may have to go like a long ways because it's just not as many people Mm -hmm. like in those areas. So for me, I get, um, South Dallas proper. Okay, All of the fair park area. That's like all me um and as you said like when you're going down 35 south so if you're on the eastern side of 35 south over by the dallas zoo and that kind of stuff that's all me but it's before you get to the 67 by the time okay. you get to the 67 i'm out of there okay. um and then i get a small part of west dallas as well so west dallas literally has three state representatives as big as west dallas is right like it's, mm-hmm. it's the most yeah. biggest thing ever so it's kind of weird, my lines over there, but basically anything that is old and original in West Dallas, that's mine. All that new new, that ain't mine, right? So (laughs) Trinity Groves, the new apartments, the new half a million dollar cribs, none of that's mine. Anything that's kind of pretty original, that's mine in the West. And then I go all the way east until you get to the very beginning of Mesquite. So I I get uh, the very beginning portion of Mesquite. I get uh, Buckner Terrace, I get over there near White Rock Lake. That's actually where i start to go north of 30. Um, I get a small part of the farmer's market. Um, I also get portions of Pleasant Grove. So that's that's kind of like a general idea of my lines. Um, What's interesting is that I thought in redistricting, I was going to have to fight really hard to get Parkland Hospital, um, which I really wanted Parkland because I was like, it's my district that goes to Parkland. So I need it um and actually it is right on the cusp and so the rep that I thought it belonged to was like no it's already yours I was like yes and then I got a call um I got a call from Baylor uh one of the lobbyists for Baylor and he was like yeah I'm just trying to figure out when we when we can set up a briefing with you and I was like why why I'm like why y'all set up a briefing he was like well he was like Baylor's address is not in your district but a, a ton of our buildings actually are so, we brief you as well as the other rep. I was like, I got two hospitals? <laughs> I was like, it's about to be on and popping. It's about to be on and popping. So, I'm super excited. to. to oh, can, kind of uh, excuse me. Huh? Can
1: I ask, like, which buildings they are? I have no idea. Ah. Uh, <laughs> the reason I'm asking is because I'm like, uh, my grandma goes to the
3: senior center. The, they're sitting. He just said there's so many buildings. Their address don't fall in my district. But he was like, there's so many buildings that do that we've always treated the rep from 100 as ours as well. Um, And so what people don't realize is the level of leverage that it gives me to actually do some really good work in our district,
2: Okay, Um, especially when
3: it comes to like healthcare. So that's an idea of kind of like the general makeup of my district. Um, What's sad about my district and people get really shocked when I say it is I don't have one Kroger in my district, not one. Wow. Um, So that is interesting. So there's, there's a lot of maneuvering that I need to do (laughs) um, to really grow my district in a very safe way that makes sense. Uh
4: Um,
3: But we will redraw lines. So that's what my lines look like right now. But once we get our numbers, we're charged with actually redrawing the lines and uh, Dallas County has grown so much over the last 10 years. Uh, the idea is that we probably will pick up at least one new state rep position in Dallas County. And we're looking at potentially picking up three congressional seats um, on the D.C. level. So like three seats and two of them, they're thinking are going to be in or around Dallas County. So we should get um, some some more congressional representation in D.C. um, And we should get, one more seat to go down to Austin so it's it's pretty exciting and it's going to be a very difficult task to get done
2: okay cool cool appreciate that because yeah like I said I was talking to Shah the other day about how I was I I tried to google and figure out like what what consists of district District 100 100. so I was like I was like I definitely have to ask this question and she described
1: exactly where I live and I said like (laughs) I told you District 100 is my
2: district.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, but the lines are drawn like real crazy. And so that's why it's really important that we flip the house so that we can really have some input. Because the way that you draw lines can determine your representation. So by that, what I mean is that it's like, well, let me draw this so that we can have a Republican. Right. Mm. So let me make it to where Highland Park. I mean, how Democratic do y'all think Highland Park is? It you know what I'm saying it's like let me draw these like little deals so that it's like okay we can get these Republicans Dallas (laughs) County is a blue county right like the county is blue right but like if we don't get power to draw the lines then even in the bluest areas they're gonna cut it up and be like uh uh we'll put maybe a little part of this over there but we gonna make sure we got Republicans and so then they keep power they keep control because um, more of
2: them going to come out and vote and all that. Well, oh, yeah, exactly. and,
3: and they're, they're going to make it to where they dilute, say, the black folk. Like, let's say South Dallas. <laughs> Technically, what could happen is they could draw the lines where they cut South Dallas all the way up, and they say, well, I'm going to give so you know, 25% in South Dallas over here and put it in Highland Park. Well, Highland Park going to drown out that little 25%, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to give 25% and draw it into say White Rock Lake. Like they can technically divide it up like that. So even though we're a Democratic County, what can happen is you end up with all these draws on Republican representatives because of the way that they drew the lines. So people don't get that. And that's mm-hmm. the bad part about the census and people not doing it because my district is really going to be drawn too big. It's it's gonna be because they've not been counted, so it's going to be like, oh, you ain't got nobody. Yes, I really do. So I'm going to end up with more people than I should have, and I don't know, it's 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 a lot. But anyway, just make sure y'all go vote. Yeah. <laughs> I won't, I won't get
1: <laughs> because, like, the part of West Dallas she was talking so, about, a lot of those people are probably sitting there like, nah, this is a setup. And I'm like, no, it's not a setup. Like, they're wondering why West da- that part of West Dallas the way it is. I'm like, you guys have won't get supplemented the money if you don't do the yep. census so they know who's
2: there. Yeah, yeah. What was gonna
0: say, Tim? Uh, from like what she was describing when it was talking about the districts, that's kind of like how we lose the electoral colleges, and this is why a lot a lot of people didn't understand when Hillary won the popular vote, why Trump became the president. And so it's very important that we have a good understanding of that.
3: No, yep. you're absolutely you're you're beyond correct. Like it's it's absolutely correct. And when you look at, say, right now in our U.S. Senate, right, when we look at the U.S. Senate, what we have going on is that the Republicans are in the majority in the U.S. Senate, but the number of votes that represents putting them there is less than, so let's say our U.S. Senate, there's 100 votes, mm-hmm. right, like as far as voters. It's like the majority is Republican in the U.S. Senate. But that only represents, say, 40 people's votes. But the minority is the Democrats, and that represents like 60 votes. And oh, it's wow. literally like how these lines have been drawn and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really crazy. Um, it's really tough. And we draw the lines on the federal level as well, as far as the congressional situations. Mm-hmm. And if we do pick up three new seats on the congressional level, what that means is in a state like Texas, which is a winner-take-all state, what will happen is, uh, I don't know how many electoral votes we get. I, I don't know the number. Uh, it's 30-something. I think I think that's what we get is 30-something. That means that a Republican has an easier chance because Texas has consistently been a Republican voting yeah. state, or we've really yeah. been a non-voting state. Oh uh, The
1: answer is 38.
3: 38. Okay, perfect. Okay. So if we pick it up, we may go up to like 41 which is crazy, right? You can win the state of Texas by one vote and all of the votes are gonna go to the Republicans. So I don't anticipate that we're getting rid of the Electoral College anytime soon. And that's something that has to be done on the federal level. But Uh one of the things I am considering um, filing this session Mm. is to make Texas a state that apportions its votes. That will dilute the effects that we're suffering when it comes to the Electoral College. So Maine is one of those states. So what happens is people in Texas will at least feel like my vote actually counts. Uh-huh. And by that time, we'll probably get more participation and actually be able to get the majority any day long way. But people are like, oh, well, the Electoral College makes it so my vote don't count. But if we apportion it, that means that if you earn 55% of the vote, then you'll get 55% of our electors. And then the other 45 would go to the other candidate that means that it's not a winner take all. And that means that all of us have our voices really heard in a proportional way. And even though we still have the electoral college, if we just change it in the state of Texas,
4: mm-hmm. that
3: changes the entire game for the country because Texas has so many daggone um, electoral votes.
2: Uh, so yes. Uh, speak, speaking, on, speaking on that, cause, cause you said um, you're thinking about cre- creating that and all that. What can, like, I guess the people do to help you with that? Or is that just something more like people on your level and higher that has to, like, vote and all that? Is it something that the people can do to help help you get that you know, done?
3: So, so one of the things that I've been trying to stress to people about my position is I've literally tried to educate people is uh, it's a team sport in all ways. It's a team sport in the fact that I'm only one of 150 voices on the House side. Then we still got the Senate, which we not going to have the majority of that. Um, And then you still have the the governor's mansion, which we don't have that either. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But but what's helpful as far as getting legislation passed is Mm -hmm. if I file a bill, I need that issue amplified. So there will be times that I'm saying, yo, I need y'all to show up, like pull up, pull up, testify about why you want this to pass, because a lot of times when you don't hear from the public, those that are elected, they will just pushing under the rug and that's that right mm. but if they know that mm-hmm. people are watching if they know that the people are saying no, no 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 we stand with her i may be able to get some more people to come over onto my side just because they know that people are watching so there will be times that i'm going to send out an sos and be like yo i need y'all to show up when i'm pushing for full legalization of marijuana i want people to show up i want those people that have gone to prison whose lives are affected every single day because they went to prison for the very same thing that other people are becoming millionaires and billionaires on in other States. Right. Mm -hmm. I want them to testify about the fact that they have a hard time getting a job or the fact that they have a hard time getting housing. And because of that, it's, it's, they are not earning their maximum potential to the extent that they can be a better taxpayer. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, I want people to testify about how this is affecting their lives. Um, and even the their their feelings on like the electoral college. So yeah, the public can absolutely get involved. All
2: right, cool. Which like, that means you kind of actually also answered one of our questions. Uh, our, our guy Tim, aka Yogi D Stoner, had had that question. So
0: <laughs> about uh, I actually got another question that just popped in my mind. What yeah. do you think personally is uh some of the reasons why people aren't being so vocal now?
3: About what?
0: About uh their situation or. Being involved in politics,
3: testifying and things like that. Um, Right. So to me, it's been a lack of education. Um, I think I'm going to spend the majority of my tenure um, on educating people. Right. Um, Mm. You know, a lot of times when people don't vote in general, they're like, "Well, what you going to do for me?" Or "What does that position do?" And you know, whatever. Right. Um, So I had to tell people, "This is why you want me there. If you want this to change." You want me, right? Yeah. Um, and people don't understand this process that we usually learn about when we're in elementary school. By the time we become an adult adult, we didn't forget all about that, right? And so um, there's not as many reps that are really going out to the community and pulling the community in. So I think that that's one thing that's really, really different about me is that, I, you know, just like I said, call me jazz. Like I am so down to earth so very real um and so i'm going and pulling on people and i listen just like i tell people i want y'all to hold me accountable i'm gonna hold y'all accountable like don't be telling me what i didn't get done when i tried to get it done and i asked you to come through because you wanted it done and you didn't come through right so it's about kind of taking ownership on both sides so just like i i want to be held accountable but I will tell you that we as black people fall asleep at the wheel all the time, right? We continuously like vote for the same person for year in, year out, and we ain't asked for no receipts. We don't mm. know nothing they done or nothing they ain't done. Like we don't know. And, and yeah. we're not asking. Yeah. We're just we're like, oh, I, I know that name or I know those initials. And so we just keep voting for that person and we've not become engaged in the process overall. We've not asked those questions. Yeah. And it's like, we work for you. If if you really felt it, it's another one of those things that it's like because it's not so tangible, you're not really dealing with it, right? But like y'all are paying me. Not granting y'all not paying me a lot of money. I get six hundred dollars a month. So oh yeah, I, I, I did. I I, I I
2: did look money. that up. I was I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> a state rep don't really make that much. Yeah, no,
3: we ain't making nothing. Okay, <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you were paying me that six hundred dollars out of your pocket, like if you felt it, because you really are. It is coming from your tax dollars. So when you're paying taxes on whatever you paying taxes on in the state of Texas, that's going to pay my $600. So I need y'all to keep that in mind when you're trying to come for me that I'm only getting $600, right? But even still, I am your employee. Yep. So I am responsible to answer questions to you. But so many people get elected and it's like they become king or queen and you a minion. Like, what you doing asking me questions? Like, it should never be that way. Like, people should not lose sight of who the boss is because the real boss is the people. But the people are not demanding their rightful spot as the bosses and asking the questions and making sure they're involved. And that's one reason when you keep the electorate in the in the dark about what it is that they can do in their power, then guess what? They don't actually use that power. So I think that that's part of the problem. Um, I definitely plan to, like I just got off with Texas Organizing Project, I'm calling people out. You, listen, I, I, and I'm going to have a record. Mm. I called y'all when I was trying to work on bail reform, and I'm out here by myself. Y'all say that this is the issue that matters to y'all. Y'all didn't pull up, we asked you to and you didn't. Right? Mm, yeah. So if I don't get it done, don't be blaming me because I did my part. So um, yep. I am going to make sure that I increase um, the the access to the capital for those that are even uh, here in Dallas, which most of the time they want you to come to Austin because we're dealing with the pandemic. It's going to be mm-hmm. a lot easier for people to participate because I know that we're going to have to offer a virtual option as well.
2: Yeah. That that kind of uh, remind me of, I heard about the incident with killer Mike and the governor of Georgia. That kind of my, when he responded how he was saying, yeah, our governor may be Republican. Mm-hmm. He was like, but, he works for us. He's like, so I went to his office to hold him accountable for the stuff that my people want and my people need. He was like, so as to someone who works for us, I went to him. It's like, that don't mean I'm agreeing with everything he's saying. I'm saying you work for us. So I'm bringing you what the people of Atlanta, of my area, this is what we want. This is what we need. So I'm going to you to try to work something up.
3: Absolutely. Because
1: see, at the end of the day, the, guy, the people that don't look like us, they do that all the time.
3: Absolutely.
1: Yep. And that's why they rubbing elbows with them, no matter their um affiliation. And you're wondering why. And I said, because they go to them with their problems. Like, we make fun of the Karens, quote, unquote, about how they speak to the manager. Yes, they go to their, like, hey, my community isn't like this. Um, I need this, that, and the third from their state reps, their senators, yep. and their governors. Yep. So Killer Mike has the best idea to, we need to start doing that, too.
2: Yeah, like... I even heard uh the the God from the Breakfast Club. He said, uh, I can't remember. I think it was the, the governor of South Carolina. He, he said, that guy's a Republican. But he said, working with that guy, he was able to get stuff done and, like, school supplies for his city in Monk's Corner of uh, South Carolina. He was like, yeah, we may not agree. He was like, but I talked with him, and he was able to get some stuff done for me. He's like, so, in that part, he's like, he's cool with me, at least on, on, on that part, because I worked with him, and he was willing to listen to me and get stuff done for my city.
3: Yeah. So. That's absolutely true. It's, it's, a, um, it's kind of a re, retraining of, of our, our culture around politics that needs to happen, right? Yeah. Because I do feel as if um, a lot of times in the Black community, we end up with like our hero because it's like, oh, we finally got somebody, right? And then we expect, number one, that that person who looks like us somehow is going to know all of our issues when we're not a monolithic people. Right. Like, my issues may not Mm -hmm. necessarily be the same as everybody, every other black person's issues. Right. There are things that definitely I can say these things as a whole probably affect all of us. But there are other things that you may need or want, but I can't know that unless you talk to me. And so that's why it was a big deal for my campaign to go out, hit the streets, talk to people, because guess what? I am a thirty nine year old single African-American woman. The issues that I have are not necessarily the same as a 50-year-old black man in my district, right? Like we still have like certain things that are different to who we are, but overall those things may be affecting uh, groups of constituents. And so for me, I made a point. There's so much that I learned from my seniors. I'm not retired and living on a fixed income. Like I'm still like working hard for my $600 a month. You know, like I'm, I'm still like in that mode right yeah. now. And so to hear some of their issues that they're facing, <laughs> the only way I can fix something is if I, right. So you know, y'all got to be willing to reach out instead of just saying like, oh, well, I got a complaint or I got an issue. Because one of the issues that I have is that we become so reactive instead mm-hmm. of being proactive. Right. Like, don't just react to something when it's like gone wrong. It's too late at that point. Right. Like, mm-hmm. be proactive. Tell me something that you see on the horizon. Right. Like, I want to push for uh, Brianna's Law, but you know, there's politics down in Austin, so we'll see. But I want to do a bill, Brianna's Laws, to outlaw the no knock warrants in the state of Texas. I don't need Brianna Taylor to pop off in Texas before I know that it's a problem. And to be perfectly honest, there have been other people killed in Texas. We right? just haven't heard about so them. It's the same thing. So here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Do I need to have one to blow up to the extent of Rihanna before we do something? Absolutely not, right? And honestly, I am one of the best, if not the best equipped person to make this argument, having been or being a criminal defense attorney as well as a civil rights attorney. I can argue both sides of this, from um, the victim- victimization side to understanding why they're doing no knocks, how no knocks are supposed to happen. And things like that from a criminal side, right? Yeah. So I want to push for that for political. Reasons.
0: So now, so now that we've gotten to this point in the conversation, I would like to know how closely do you work with law enforcement?
3: Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty bad question. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you uh, it. Was like
3: "Are you
1: working?" <laughs> <type?"
2: laughs> you was like,
1: uniform <laughs> type." <like, laughs>
2: I, I was looking Nothing like, like, like that. I was interviewing these three guys on the Uncle Urban Pod, and and I got all their addresses. (laughs) (laughs) That's them having me nervous. I said, "Well, are you?
0: (laughs) 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 Are you an uh,
3: informant?
0: Let us know."
1: No,
3: no, no,
0: no. What I mean is,
3: okay. So I work, I work with law enforcement in uh, a a number of ways. Uh, Being that I am okay, I mean. I mean, it is it's a constant, right? Like it's it's doctor nurse type of deal, right? Um, I don't work with them on the same level as a prosecutor, obviously, because they are their witnesses and things like that. But I am consistently, um, if I'm in trial, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm having to to work with them in the form of cross examination and that kind of stuff, so to speak. So there's there's a consistent relationship in that way. Um, I was very nervous. I received the endorsement of the Black Police Association. And that was mm. in my primary before um, which my primary popped off in, in March, right? But they gave me an endorsement like the day before election day. So I was like, we ain't even got time to get this out. So I, I didn't even roll it out. Yeah. Then next thing you know, George Floyd, and I was like, I don't even know. I'm like, I'm going lose <laughs> all my street cred. Like, I don't even know yeah. that yeah. bitch. Right.
2: You, so, you working so, with 5 like, votes? Like, <laughs> at,
3: the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I did roll it out in um, my runoff in July. So, so here's the deal because I think, as a, a civil rights lawyer that normally sues law enforcement, so that's another way that I deal with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they kill one of us, I sue. So um, I, I think that there are those that can try to paint me as if I'm anti police, and I'm not. Um, one of my biggest supporters is my cousin who's DPD. My cousin worked his butt off to get me elected. Um, literally worked his butt off, like, worked day and night, like, he went to part of the South that I didn't know existed, like, and he could walk into those areas because he has worked those beats. He went where the trap houses was. Mm-hmm. He told people in traps, like, yo, vote for my cousin, right? Like, so the, the, the deal is I want to make sure when I write laws, that I am being very informed um, from all perspectives. I am very well informed from one side for sure, but I wanna make sure that I'm, I'm including balance and I get some validity to some of my laws when I'm trying to get others to come along with me. If I can say mm-hmm. I've spoken with law enforcement and if you need to holler at somebody, they'll tell you, right? because the reality is that there's so many black officers that fall into a very unique space and there are black officers there are definitely black officers that support me there's white officers who support me too i don't even want to act like that right like there are but as a black man in a uniform you in a real interesting spot because as soon as you take that uniform off you still just a black man like it ain't like Mm -hmm. always on you and you can get killed too and you know some of these cultural failures that exist, right? And I've got so many black officers that got into law enforcement to try to break those things down from the inside. So um I I will be working with them. I can't say that we always agree. I'm not gonna ever always agree with anybody. That's that's just life and that's how that goes. Right. But when I'm trying to sell something
0: I mainly ask that I mainly ask because I would like to see like the extent of what you can get done for the people if they were to come to you and say, Hey uh, the relationship that we have with the police and our communities isn't at a level that's respectable or we don't feel like they are here to protect. They, they're here to police and terrorize and meet their quotas because as much as that's not talked about at the first and the end of the month, everybody's getting pulled over. It's noticeable. And these are this, there's not a lot of transparency between the policies that they have, and how it affects the people. And when the people try to raise their voice and talk back, it's, well, it is what it is. This is the law, da-da-da-da-da. So I just want to see in what ways we can use you as a tool to help better the community when it comes to law enforcement.
3: I know. So most of what I will do will be on the state level, but I will tell you that because policing is such a big issue. It was important for me to make sure I was connected with like the city councilmen in my district Mm -hmm. because they like oversee like the local agencies, but I get to do things like outlaw, no knocks. I get to do things like say you can't use um, a less than lethal projectile on a nonviolent protester. I get to do things in a wide sweeping range throughout the entire state, but Dallas is home. So for me, you know, I just did a Zoom with my soror who's over police oversight, right, Miss mm-hmm. um, Tanya. So it's to me, it, I am somebody that, on a city level, there are people that rely upon kind of my opinion and my expertise, and I try to keep those lines of communication open to give suggestions on things that we can do. Um, so anything that I can do to kind of facilitate a better policing relationship locally, I am gonna do that. I just won't be doing as much of that while I'm actually physically in Austin. While I'm physically in Austin, I'll be working on why okay. state changes.
0: All right, cool, cool. Um I mean I'll- and it's just to know and feel comfortable with like knowing that you can point us in the right direction if need be.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean I'm yeah. I'm working on all of it because it's there's so much overlap. Um, all
0: right Josh. Before I let you take over, I got one more question because this is very important to me. What can we do at a state level to get marijuana legalized? Here in Texas, especially.
3: I'm, I'm, I am I'm, I, got you. That's on the agenda.
0: Okay, that. you got me, but I want to be there to help get it done.
3: Oh, well, yeah, no. So what's going to happen is I am, in fact, uh, my legislative director, I have my entire team in place right now. And thank God for them because they're all working for free. Um, because I don't even get access to my state budget or anything until I swear in on January 12th. Um, but they are already working on legislation. I've already started to, to talk to colleagues, um, about the legalization. So, so let me be clear, because I come from a very safe democratic seat, I am pushing for full legalization. I do not anticipate I'm going to get there. Right. So I'm pulling, pushing for full legalization. I'm pushing for decriminalization. And I'm also pushing um, bills that will um, help to retroactively um, bring about some healing for those that actually have records because of marijuana, right? So I'm going to be pushing to the full extent because I can, because I am from a district that a Republican never even runs in, right? So I will be pushing all the way. But if you know anything about negotiations, by the time it's done, it's probably not going to be to the limit, right? But I'm trying to move the needle. So for those that don't know, we legalized marijuana. Um, Best to go high. (laughs) In 2017. They expanded upon that in 2019. Um, I've already started. uh, My team has researched who's been in opposition, who were the ones that were proponents of it. And they have to actually start whipping votes. Um, So I've already talked to some people even across the aisle that are saying this cycle, I think we can work on decrim. I can't argue from the standpoint of, like, I'll get all the damn, well, I should, who knows, let me not even say that part, because I did hear that one of my main oppositions was a a Democratic senator, um, which is kind of frustrating, but anyway, uh, but for the most part, the Dems will will come along, right, but one of the committees that I'm trying to get assigned to is so that I can argue from a money standpoint, Uh, we're going into a very difficult budget cycle, right, we've got Mm -hmm more people that are out of work so they're asking for um, unemployment benefits so we're sending money out but then we're not getting money in because people are going to fall behind on their property taxes people are not shopping as much so we're not getting as much revenue on sales tax right so our budget is is lopsided in the wrong way we got more people in need we've got schools that are saying hey we need more money because we've got to retrofit these schools to make them safe in the midst of covid we've got all these issues going on not to mention mm-hmm. Teachers have always been underpaid. And now yeah. they're like, they want in and they risking their lives. Definitely. So they do need more money, right? So yep. I've got more people wanting to, to get things, like, get money. So for me, I'm going to argue to try to get bipartisan support the money aspect. Like, if we kick yep. the doors money open, talks. right, then then we can go on and get this bread. We need this bread because the reality is that just because you haven't legalized it don't mean people ain't smoking it. It don't mean they ain't buying it. It's just, it just means that they get it on the black market. And as somebody who's done criminal law for fourteen years in multiple states, I know that not not all weed is created equal, okay. And and not mm-hmm. everybody's getting stuff that's clean. And I've had people that have, have gotten a hold of things that that have harmed them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I I understand it on a deep especially way. when you start messing
0: around situation. with the uh, synthetic marijuana like K2. K2. That poses oh, yeah. a real problem, especially other in other Dallas County.
3: But even before we had the synthetic this like driving people crazy, people were getting stuff that was laced with all Lace. kinds of good stuff. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, it would make a bad
2: idea.
3: Yeah, no, cocaine
2: not, and all that stuff, woo-bangers. Yeah,
3: no, yeah it, it messes people often. So at least if it's regulated, then we know what people are getting is clean and safe. Um, and then we're also able to take in that tax revenue. And that tax revenue, you know, I could argue from a theoretical standpoint, or I could be like, So y'all can go look in Nevada, you can go look at Colorado. You can Mm -hmm. go and look at Oregon. You can go look at Cali. I can argue and say, go look at what everybody else has done. Mm -hmm. And their their cities and their states have not fallen apart. But they've been able to improve the educational facilities for uh, their schools. They've been able to increase um, the pay to their teachers. They've been able to do all these things. So we've got the playbook. Just follow it. You see what I'm saying? But I get to make that argument because now we are in a destitute situation when it comes to money. Um, and so I, I, I know what angles I've got to make. And that's one of the benefits that my district has is that, number one, you've got somebody who's been in the streets and understands, you know, everybody wants to say, oh, I'm for criminal justice reform. Every, everybody, when they run for office, has been for criminal justice reform. Yet every election cycle, we over here talking about some, they still killing us. They still locking us up. We saying the same daggone thing, but everybody runs on the same daggone thing. But nobody ever asked the questions of, what you going to do? How mm-hmm. you understand it? Like, you just understand it because you're saying you understand it? Like, you can't. Exactly. Right? But, yeah. but, like, I mm-hmm. get it. Like, I get it on a deeper level because this is what I do. So you've got somebody who understands on that level. But then you also have somebody who understands the legal side a lot better than a lot of my colleagues. Not everybody that's writing laws in Austin is a lawyer. You mm-hmm. got everybody writing laws, right? Right? And and even if they are lawyers, you're you will very rarely run into a criminal defense attorney because we're not we not the big money lawyers, right? So mm-hmm. when you talk about making five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars, my bad, six hundred dollars a month, you're not getting like the little criminal lawyer. You know what I'm saying? You're getting the car wreck lawyer, the one who's always on TV, the one that's got a million billboards. You right? touch on the a... <laughs> huh? What I do?
0: You touch on a very good point. I want to just throw out there so people can understand, um, like how the law system is set up, there are private companies out there whose jobs are to sit and come up with laws that the people who are are elected officials, they just got to read the first page and the last page, hear the main idea, oh yeah, that sounds good, they put their name on it and they pass it, but they don't understand the depths of these bills. There I are know. private companies like that, so what can we do to... There's no private companies like that?
3: No, 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 I was agreeing. So it's so what, so normally what, okay. It's, 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 uh, so, so normally lobbyists will bring, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. So you got people that specifically lobby for one issue or two issues or whatever. Mm
4: -hmm. And
3: they will bring things to a lot of these legislators and say, hey, we need this bill passed. And it's interesting because, like, right now I'm having to raise money, which was absolutely ridiculous to me. So, I'm like, I won my race. I'm good. I had $2,000 left. I feel real good about myself. <laughs> and they were like, So, yeah, no, you've got to raise money. And I'm like, I don't understand. So, really, my race, I didn't have any pack money. Not one dime came from a pack. All my money came from real people, right? Yeah. So, they were like, That's cute and no, But uh, <laughs> now that you've been elected, you better take whatever coins you can take, but you, you
4: vote
3: <laughs> your district. It don't matter who give you the money, but you vote your district, right? Uh-huh. So what happened is I started getting pack money. Like, I just go check my mailbox and be like, ooh, we got to check. Praise God, right? Because you got to pay for everything besides the fact that they don't pay me. They ain't really paying my people either. So I have a budget, and, and they're like, don't spend all your money in one place because we may cut your budget too. So when I'm in session, um, I'm supposed to get $15,000 to pay all of my staff. That's not a lot of money. And to pay for my district office, because they won't give us a district office. They only give us an office in Austin. So I'm like, the last thing I need is my people coming for me, telling son, "Well, you ain't got no office. And I don't understand. You don't understand. I got to drop off those points, too. Like, <laughs> that ain't free. You know, it seems like... Like, God, we about
2: to be posted a- up in your house having meetings.
3: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we were told we like, we may have to make this a mobile situation. We come to you, <laughs> but you know, whatever. But no, we've, mm-hmm. we've been blessed from beginning to end. And uh, one of my friends who is a huge, huge PI lawyer is building a facility. And he was like, yo, you, you good. Like, I, I got you. So thank God uh, we're going to have something donated and it's in the district. So that's uh just God's favor on us. Um, in, in general, but I also have to supplement the pay to my staff. I got to pay for my housing while I'm down there. I like, it's all kinds of craziness. But what happens is lobbyists come to us. Mm-hmm. We can't um, take any money 30 days before the session, and we can't take any money 30 days after the session. So they got to get their little meetings in beforehand. So in the midst of COVID, they like, man, we don't know how this going to work. You know, whatever. They've been traveling from everywhere. Like I had a meeting yesterday. They was like, yeah, so you know, uh, we got a check for you. Uh, can we meet you? I'm like, are you in Dallas? Oh yeah. Drove up. <laughs> sure, you got a check. I'll see you at breakfast, right? <laughs> like, like, let me get that money. But what they do is they will write bills and they will submit it to you. And it's up to the it's up to the rep and their staff. So I'm I I established the culture in my office it is going to be beneficial that I am an actual attorney, right? Yes. Um, but I do have mm-hmm. staff that's going to have to go through um, and my staff knows me very well and they're going to have to highlight for me, like, the thing they're going to have to read through everything, for sure, for sure. Like, my entire staff will have to kind of go through and they're going to have to pull out the things that they know that I may be having an issue with and then I will zone in on those issues and, and argue for or against them. But everybody's different. So this okay. is how you call people accountable. And you call their offices and ask them, you know, I got an issue with this bill or whatever.
1: But yeah, like going yeah, back to I, something you just said earlier um, about like how like a legalization would actually help. I've been to those places. Um, Tim has as well. Now, as a kid who grew up between yes, like the Bay Area and here. I have not seen, um, like, Oakland and San Francisco so much better after that money has come in. Like, yeah, like, Oakland looks completely, like, different. Like, the yes. Warriors now have their training facility, like, smack dab in the middle of downtown. And I remember, like, downtown Oakland was not the place to go. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm just sitting there, like, because that's the false narrative that the right usually is trying to push, like, oh, this is going to make everything bad. It's going to make everybody like this. And I'm like, dude, I grew up in, like, South, South Oak Cliff. I've seen what actual drugs do to people. And it's definitely not because someone was, like, smoking Smoking (laughs) weed and hanging out with their friends. It's definitely not the same thing. So yeah like that's why I'm saying, definitely keep pushing for that because I've been to these places and they've been the best looking places that I remember ever since so, like I was a kid, so yeah I was ho- yeah, I, I was like, in Colorado is beautiful exactly. Hmm. I was like, yeah, that money's working, yeah Texas yeah. could definitely use that, especially in like the southern sectors where like yes, justification is doing that now, but It'd be nice if we got to do that as well.
2: Yep, yep. keep keep us in those neighborhoods. Exactly. Yep. But uh, I was also saying, uh, like, oh, you can go ahead, Tim.
0: Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say it's so wild because you can see the money line in Dallas County just from mm-hmm. driving between south of Dallas and north of Dallas. Yep, and. Legalizing marijuana, I feel, will help kind of equal the playing field for the south of Dallas because that's where a lot of the minorities are. That's where a lot of the, you know, the black people are. And it gives them a chance to compete. And that's something that we all, we know that we don't have equal footing and we haven't been sure on how to get it, but we have to do something else. I don't know. I'm just kind of like randomly spitting, Josh, so you can take it back. Yeah, but
1: no, nah, like, I agree because, yeah, instead of pushing us out of our own neighborhoods, it'd be nice if we had some kind of level playing field to be able yeah. to stay in our neighborhoods. Because yeah. that's the one thing that I hated seeing in West Dallas, that all these places I've seen, like, with Latinos and Black people, all of a sudden, big condominiums full of white people. Like, I still remember how I knew gentrification was real. Um, This is when I used to ride the bus to work. And I'm, I'm standing at the bus stop. I swear I see this brunette woman, white woman, running past me in workout clothes. And I said, "Wait, what? I'm like, where does this, this woman come from?" And she's just up there. Good morning. And I'm like, "Nah, yeah, it's becoming a problem. <laughs> People, yeah, it's not a lot of me in my neighborhood anymore.
0: <laughs> this ain't the old clip Man, I grew up on. That's real." <laughs>
1: yep.
3: What did I do with my charges? I'm trying to Man, look. Man, you off. go to the Bishop uh, uh, uh. Arch
0: District nowadays. Man. The Bishop yeah, Arch District didn't used to be popping like it was about five, 10 years ago. Exactly. Because I'm like, I remember that was nothing but like uh, Takarias
1: and uh, like just random buildings before you went to Methodist. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: There was nothing yeah. there. That, that was, dude, there was nothing in Bishop Arch District, bro. <laughs> Not nothing that nobody was going to anyway if you did have a partner over there yeah you didn't go over there <laughs> yeah
2: but uh, on a, a question uh, i really wanted to ask you jasmine was uh what's your thought on why people should vote or what can you tell us why people should vote specifically why should black people vote especially with this upcoming election
3: about why people in general should vote
2: yeah well it's more specifically why people black people should vote well, people why people look like us yeah be out there
3: perfect uh I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, like, looking for my charger.
2: Oh, it's all right.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> standing like, yeah, like, let's yeah let's we may want to keep filibustering real but... quick uh, <laughs> well, is...
2: until she finds her charger. <laughs> so
3: let me see. I Thanks. I got it. Okay, perfect. All right, let me get it charged up because otherwise y'all no. are going to go bye-bye.
2: Oh, um, no no worries. Uh, so, I've had so, it happen so, to people, me before.
3: People need to, to vote because, like I said, it's like, you know, you would, when it comes to spending your money, you want some input on how it's going to be spent, right? Like, like in general, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's directly spent with the candidate who's going to get their lovely $600 a month. (laughs) Can y'all tell I'm so excited about my
2: salary?
3: Or whether we're talking about, you know, making sure that you're spending it on candidates that have similar priorities to you, right? Like, you know, if you want to make sure that your schools are getting money, then you probably need to vote for a candidate that agrees with that. Or if you really feel like part of the reason for the mass incarceration in the state of Texas is because black and brown people are disproportionately targeted when it comes to drug crimes, right? Like, they're going to continue to pull people over and continue to, you know, we've seen the, the issues with them planting drugs on people, or we've seen the issues yeah. with them just you know, saying, oh, because this is a discretionary crime, which is what drug crimes are, then, all right, well, I'm going to let little Billy go. He ain't going to go home, and I'm going to throw this away. But uh, Quan, I'm not going to do that, homie. You're to go to Juvie. You're to go to Lulu. you finna go, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to, like, really change those things um, and have somebody that's going to advocate for that change, then you really should care. Mm -hmm. I know that it seems like president is all we should care about or whatever because that's what we hear about. But if you understand how politics work, then you'll understand why you don't really hear from the down ballot candidates. They got all the money in the world on the top level, which they needed, right? But at the same time, this is why you don't get the average regular Joe that's gonna be the president of the United States of America because it costs so much money to run. But they're on TV everywhere, National news is like, uh, you know, covering them and that kind of stuff. But when you start talking about state rep, when you start talking about district attorney, when you start talking about those judges that are on the bench, half the time, y'all don't know who these people are on your daggone ballot. You ain't never seen them. You ain't heard from them. And you mm-hmm. there. Well, I don't know who that is. I ain't never seen it. We ain't got the money. We don't. They not giving me millions upon millions. Right. So it's so part of this is on the candidates because you do have a smaller area to cover. So you really should be getting out because you're not Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, right? But part of it is on us too because we really need to do our part and research because it's too late when you walk into the child support court to decide, oh, this ain't no good judge. It's too late then when she didn't sit up there and say your child support is $5,000 a month and you ain't gonna be able to see your child but every other weekend. Like it's too late then to be trying to figure out who is this judge or it's too late when you know, the homie decides, hey, I'm going to go to the judge for sentencing. And the judge is like, oh, you ain't having the no record. Well, I don't really like this type of offense 20 years. Like, it's too late. Like, you need to be looking beforehand. Or when you're looking and you're saying, you know, I got Rodney Reed that's sitting in prison. On, you know, and he's on death row. And mm-hmm. they talking about some, well, he probably ain't even do it. It's too late to figure out who on the Supreme Court when they're trying to execute him. And they like, yeah, we ain't going to issue that state. Like, you need to be proactive and you need to, like, look and you need to see who these people are beforehand and say, oh, OK, if there's a problem, this is who I probably want to deal with the problem. So that's that's my my two cents.
1: Also, uh, because I, I say this all the time, but I think from an elected official, people actually listen. How often should you vote?
3: All the time
1: there you go not every Every four years no there's literally elections for your local state and the national government federal government you should vote in all of them know who's in who's representing you at all times so you know who to go to and who to uh, uh, file your grievances with instead of sitting there and being like, "Oh, ain't nobody doing nothing for me."
3: It's, so what's so what's crazy is that we are ass backwards. Am I allowed to cuss? Go know. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> <are> so, <laughs> so the the closer an elected official is to being able to do something in your life, the lower the voter turnout. So for city, you have councils, no idea who they are. So yeah. for city council. Hardly anybody shows up. That's the worst turnout at city council, right? There's and, people
1: who still think Mike Rollins is the mayor right now. Oh, uh, well. <laughs>
3: I mean, That's listen, how bad I, it is I'm, sometimes. that we have the mayor that we have because yeah. I took his seat. So there you shout go. Out, shout uh, out to Eric Johnson. It, it, yeah, it, it, shout
1: it, out to it, Eric Johnson it,
3: right now. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. It gave me a chance to head to Austin. So praise God for it, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking his seat. But anyway- um, but the lower level, like people don't participate, and so by the time you get to mine, you know you vote every two years for me, so I'm on every single ballot, basically, which is is very stressful, mm-hmm. <laughs> very stressful. All I do is go in the session, try to write laws, come out of session, campaign, go in, like this, mm-hmm. that's what it's gonna be is a yo-yo back and forth um, until I move on or don't or whatever. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do have it backwards. So, if you, it, m- what I also want to tell people is that if you really believe that Black Lives Matter, the best thing that you can do is vote, 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 and vote every single um, every single ballot for every single position. Let me tell you why. Uh, when I file a civil rights case, I file those in um, federal court. Okay. And what we saw with Botham John, who lived, who worshiped and who was killed in my house district, HD 100. What we saw with Botham John is that the city of Dallas was released from the litigation because the law allowed for it. Okay. So one of their officers, who technically was off duty, but officers don't really go on and off. Not really. Um, An officer is kind of like a doctor or even a lot of times for me, kind of like a lawyer. Um, An officer, even if they are not clocked in, if they see a crime happening, boom, there you go, right? Like, they're they're not like, oh, wait a minute, let me let me go find the clock. Got to go clock in, and then I'll co- I come back and handle this. That's not how that works, right? And in this case, what we saw was Amber Geiger switch to um, officer mode because I'm not going into my house shouting commands and thinking anybody going to listen because I ain't the popo, right? Yes. So that's what she did. But the law allowed for her to be let out of that litigation, right? When it comes down to some things that maybe teeter one way or another, it's our federal judges that make the decision. Well, guess how you end up becoming a federal judge. It's not because you're elected. It's because you're appointed and you're appointed for life by the president of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And they are appointed on every level from the trial level to the appellate level to the, the U.S. Supreme Court. They have lifetime appointments. And so if I'm filing these civil rights cases, and so many of them that you guys don't hear about, they don't end up resulting in money. The majority of the time, um, these judges are kicking us out of court. It is very, very difficult to prevail on a civil rights 1983 case, okay? And when you have judges in a Supreme Court in a court of appeals that looks like what it looks like, we've got problems. What we've seen also is that there's been a lot of um, lawsuits that have been filed as it relates to voter suppression issues this cycle right because Mm -hmm. republicans always want to make sure you black and brown folk we ain't got time for y'all to vote because y'all may vote the wrong way right they always want to limit access when you look at the things that we've seen down in harris county harris county to me is is leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of texas um they have the youngest ever elected county judge she is a young latina and what she decided that she wanted to do was She wanted to expand access to the voter box. They have 24-hour voting one day of this election cycle. They also have some midnight voting a few days. They also have drive-through voting. They also were trying to make sure there were multiple drop-off locations for vote-by-mail because our USPS system is looking a little janky right now with Trump, right? Like, people are scared that their ballots are not going to arrive on time. And so what, what they wanted to do is limit access. So the governor steps in and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, Republicans are supposed to be the party of um, minimal governmental intrusion, unless it suits their agenda. Right? Yep. So when it suits their agenda, oh, yeah, intrude into a woman's uterus. Yes, tell them what to do. Or or when it suits their agenda, when it comes to voting, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't let all them people vote now. We, we don't want that. Right. And so what happened is that went to federal court federal court on a trial level we can at least do what we call forum shop right so we know what judges probably be better right so we can say okay i'm gonna go take it to this judge we win on the trial level they immediately appeal it up to our fifth circuit court of appeals which is one of the most conservative um court of appeals in the country they immediately struck down everything when it came to voting whether it was allowing people to vote um by mail because they felt as if uh, it was problematic, um, you know, because we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, there are some legal things that, that I could explain about that. But, but long story short, we're losing. We're losing on voting rights. We're losing when it comes to, um, I want to say we ended up having a, a federal case when it came to, to how a person can wear their hair and whether or not, um, you know, they can be discriminated against. We're losing. Right. But we're losing on these things because when we see president, we're just like, well, which one makes me happy? That ain't what it's about. Like, like, if they're not here to make you happy, I mean, hopefully, but not really. Right. (laughs) Like there's bigger issues like they are going to appoint these when they're long gone. When Trump is dead, we are still going to have judges that were appointed by Trump. That is a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So so you got to care about it from that standpoint. When we're looking at what's going on in our jails, and we're concerned about bail reform or we're concerned about um, how people are treated while they're in jail, whether or not they're getting what they need in the midst of COVID, that's our sheriff. Our sheriff is the one. I can tell you, average person don't know who the sheriff is, don't care who the sheriff is, right? But they are the ones that take care of our jail and our inmates. When it comes to state reps, don't nobody know state reps. We write all the laws and we set the entire budget so when it comes down to what they're going to decide to cut in this very difficult session, mm. I bet you they cut the stuff that minorities and, and po-folk really need, right? Like, unless there's some voices at the table that are like, uh-uh, uh-uh, y'all don't need to cut that. Y'all need to make sure that you cut something else. Yep. Um, You know, when it comes down to uh, <laughs> our district attorney, and y'all start talking about, well, well, why this officer didn't get arrested? Why they didn't get prosecuted? That's our DA, right? Like, I think we've finally gotten to the point that we better understand DAs. I really do. I feel like DA races are becoming higher profile and they are being paid attention to more. Um, but it's not just about electing somebody that looks like you, it's about knowing their record and checking them and mm-hmm. making sure they.
1: Kentucky you know, showed us that. Who, yep. who, Kentucky showed us dead.
3: Oh, oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> all skin folk ain't kin folk. I promise. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, better, y'all better stop just voting for something. Well, and I'm not even going to say everybody does that. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just wanting to encourage you and understand that we all have roles to play. And every one of us is kind of like a small piece of the puzzle. And so it's important to care up and down the ballot you know Mm -hmm. the the thing that's problematic with our president is that he sets the tone for the entire country right like the problem is that he's setting the tone for racism he is okaying and basically saying proud boys go do what you do you know what i'm saying like like he's setting that tone he's the one that appoints our attorney general so when it comes time to investigate some of these cases maybe in these small towns where we know that we don't have a good uh, police chief or a good sheriff and we know they got some shady business our backup is supposed to be the feds but our backup is not good we don't want ag bar on the issue right so it's just a matter of civics but i think that either we teach civics too young to where people cannot fully appreciate it or we just don't run it back and have a deeper conversation so people really just don't appreciate the importance of every single elected official and when we talk about systemic issues it's a systemic problem that you're only paying six hundred dollars to go to the legislature now i'm not complaining even though it sounds like i am
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: but i but i am i i am complaining at the same time i'm not <laughs> I'm complaining for um, the everyday person in the state of Texas because it is hard to have real voices in Austin when real people can't go and represent because if I'm working, you know, an hourly job and I got kids, I can't say I'm going to run for office and I definitely can't say that I'm going to go down to a whole other city and I'm going to work and this is all I'm going to get paid. You can't. So how often are you getting laws that work for the everyday people? And I promise you, we have more everyday people in the state of Texas than we do people that can say, oh, well, I'ma just bounce out for six months, I'll holler back and I'm still gonna be able to pay all my bills. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a systemic issue to make sure that your voices are not heard. That is a problem. Now I can't go in as a freshman and say, raise the amount of money that we finna pay. I, I, I can't do that as a freshman. You know what I mean? And I'ma do my part. But um, it's hard to get real people into some of these positions because of a handicap like that. If I was running on the federal level, I would get almost 200 G's. So you can get an AOC, somebody who's young and vibrant to run on the federal level because she actually can go and make a living and and work for the people. She can't get that in the state of Texas.
1: Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, What I think that every person that don't vote Greg Abbott should personally send them a letter and say, thank you. And then they really feel it. (laughs) Every red station had it where where the governor just said you like, thank you, black person for not voting. That's exactly what I want you to do.
3: (laughs) That's real talk. I'm I'm very interested to see um, what happens in two years when Abbott is up, because once again the people that are closest to us that's where the numbers go down so in a gubernatorial cycle our numbers go down they they won't be anywhere near our presidential numbers right but i think through the pandemic people have a better understanding of what it is that our county judge does what it is that um, our mayor our city council our county commissioners our governor does they have a better understanding because now people are on tv right like that's how we learn this tv and social media yeah. And so I personally believe that our county judge is going to run against uh, Greg Abbott. Um, I believe there's probably going to be a number of um, Democrats that run. And I believe that Abbott is in trouble, along with our attorney general, who is the equivalent of uh, who we saw in Kentucky, uh, Kim Paxton, who has been under federal, I'm sorry, not federal, federal but felony indictment in collin county for the last five years yep that ain't real life like we like (laughs) as somebody that does criminal defense you're not just sitting out here with the indictment these indictments for five years and ain't nobody doing nothing but that's what it is yeah that's
1: john Gotti, teflon don stuff right (laughs) yeah (laughs) it really is
3: yeah so he's he's been under felony indictment in collin county for five years Uh, nothing's happened on those cases uh, but now the Republican Party is also coming after him. They just lodged some new um, salacious uh, allegations against him. Mm. And so, you know, he is to, for people to understand our attorney general is almost like the vice president of the United States on a state level. Right. So he really controls the Senate. He is like we get a speaker of the House. So you have Nancy Pelosi. That's the speaker um, of the House. And then you have, like, the VP who who really kind of, kind of negotiates and kind of heads up, like, the Senate. Um, and so, but you got Mitch McConnell, who's over there, whatever. Yeah. So, anyway, so in Texas, though, our AG controls the Senate. And he controls kind of how things go, like, what really is going to be heard and how it's going to be heard and really how people should vote. And it's problematic. Like, I need Camp Paxton. Gone like how? <laughs> so you know, like I really want. People, so I'll be really, really advocating and, and making sure people know, like, no, don't vote for him. Like he's under indictment, people. If it was a black person, y'all would have. He would have been gone. I, I, you would have. <laughs> He'd I, be the Marion
1: Barry of Texas in this month.
3: And be like, oh no, we can't trust it, you know? Because I'm like, if you're a Republican, you're a good Christians. And mm-hmm. the good Christians, you know, they probably not okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, anyway, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. I could talk forever about all of this, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just want people to become educated. I want them to become involved. Um, I am always here to answer questions. Um, yeah. and, and I want I want you guys to become fired up. It doesn't have to be an old white man game. I, I know that that's what it's been forever, right? Like, I don't know. I think I'm I think I am the twenty second black female ever elected. Lucky number twenty two because I'm a Delta. Um, I think I'm. The oh 22nd, yep <laughs> twenty
2: two.
3: Yeah, I think I'm the twenty second black woman ever elected to the House in the state of Texas. Um, the state of Texas has only elected a hundred and I think eighty something women in the history of Texas. We've elected about fifty three or fifty six hundred men um, to the House. So, and I am the, the fifth Delta ever elected um, to, to the state legislature with the first one being Barbara C. Jordan on the Senate side. And so, um, and we know how famous uh, Barbara became, right? We know yes. mm-hmm. the type of change that, that she led. And so uh, I personally believe that Black women are here to save the world. Um, and so I'm, I'm gonna do my little part. Uh, to save the world but we really just gotta care more i know that we care about the issues and we don't know that the solutions lie in who it is that we elect to represent us on all levels
2: yeah uh before before we wrap up and have you do you stuff i to say tim isn't your mom your mom's a delta isn't she yeah. Yes, yeah, she is. But uh if you can give up, she wanted me to be a cute dog, but unfortunately it didn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh if you can
0: give your social medias yeah, and, her, and um,
1: any shout out to Mr. All Bars Matter, Greg Abbott, though. Yep.
3: <laughs> well I, I am not, you know, I keep telling there's two things that I, I keep telling people about my session. Number one, um, that I'm the vice girl, and this is my Beyonce year. Um, so by that, I mean uh, Beyonce is all about lemonade, and so we've been given lemons with COVID-19, but I'm going to try to sweeten this up and make sure that we don't come out with lemons, but instead we come out with lemonade. Okay, the, okay. The things that have have historically been problematic for us, not having um, adequate access to healthcare, um, we've always known that known that there's been um, an issue and a disparity uh, when it comes to minorities and access to health care. Well, now it's only been kind of like highlighted. I keep telling people these issues have always existed. All COVID did was lift the skirt on the problem. Like now we see, right? But we've been on it. So um, it's going to allow me the leverage that I need. It's going to allow me the leverage that I need when it comes to marijuana. It's going to allow me the leverage that I need when it comes to criminal justice reform overall. And Police reform, um, because those things have really been highlighted in the midst of COVID. Um, I say that I'm a vice girl because I'm for weed. I am for um, I am I am for expanding access when it comes to uh, our our liquor and our alcohol, um,
4: hey. as well
3: as uh, I, I am for casinos. So I'm for everything that is going to generate income. Because just because we ain't got no casinos, don't mean that people in Texas not spending money. Instead, we going to Louisiana, we going to Oklahoma we want to New Mexico. Um, that is a problem. I need to keep that money in the house. If y'all, if y'all gonna gamble, go on and gamble and spend it here so we can get a little piece of it. Um, you know, I went and toured uh, the Deep Ellum Distillery. Shout out to them. That's that's local. vodka. go holla at them. Right. Um, it is one district over for me. I do want to get Deep Ellum into my district if possible. Um, I think it kind of fits my personality and it fits my district better um, for being like compact. It's like right there. Um, So I did a tour and they explained to me some stuff that didn't make sense. I was like, Oh yeah, everything y'all asked for, y'all getting, uh, at Mm -hmm. least out of me, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, for instance, they will not allow them to sell more than two bottles of vodka a month to an individual. I was like, say what? So, you know, it's a lot of drama, but anyway, I was like, we change that, and they really want uh, the ability to be able to do online liquor sales as well. So you can order certain stuff into the state, mm-hmm. but we're not able to. We've not allowed those here to to send out. And so if they can do those things online, that's yet another money generator for us. Um, and so we we want to do that. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get that bread right. Yeah. Like I want to get the coins without um, increasing property taxes, which are um, choking people right now. Like people literally are like, Dude, I'm gonna have to move because my property taxes are so high. Um and so I, I want to be able to provide that relief where they're not having to endure because that's always the answer. Whenever you're in a financial crisis, you raise taxes. That's not what I want to do. I want to find additional streams of revenue um instead of uh, raising taxes on everybody. So, Uh, that's why I'm the vice girl and it's, that's why, uh, this is going to be my Beyonce year. So I thank you guys so much for, for everything that you do. Um, I do want to encourage you to continue to, um, keep your ear to the street and educate the people, um, because it, it could not be more important. Even right now, obviously we're dying every day in the streets, either because of the pandemic that we're fighting known as COVID-19 or the pandemic that we're fighting known as racism. We are dying in the streets. And so uh, we've got to have people that care. We've got to have people that are going to use their voices and their platforms to educate and elevate um, the psyche of of our people specifically to make sure that we start to control the narrative and that we become the change that we want to see in this country.
2: Yeah. Appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. That's all definitely right. So if you can give all your contact info, we'll let you go and we'll wrap up the episode.
3: Yeah, so um, I can be reached on all social media platforms. It's just Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E, the word for for one 0 0 And that's the same as my website, jasmine4100.com. So I appreciate you guys. Again, my cell phone number is all over social media and, and on my website. So if you've got any questions, just give us a call.
2: All right, cool. we Will right. do. All right.
3: Thank, Thank you, you again.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. We definitely will be in contact with you. If I figure out how we can help you a whole lot more. You're
1: All in my right. district, so yeah, we definitely gonna be in contact. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: know. Since I didn't say it, I work for y'all, but listen, mm. this one gonna be like, I need my whole six
1: hundred dollars worth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm like,
3: yo, <laughs> I need no, your every I, red step I welcome I it. I you let me know what I can do to to help you. Like, yeah. you know, real talk.
2: Yeah, we definitely will be in contact with you. All right,
3: um, y'all take care. Yeah, me?
2: Mm, yep, you bye. too. Thank All you. Right. you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Man, so that was another
1: we <laughs> find look. I know like Tim has asked a long time ago, shot what kind of episode would you want to have? This one right here. Yeah. <laughs> this was the one. <laughs> this is the
0: one. Uh, nah, man, for real.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was
1: like like a movie that was a very all my life's episode. work into this one. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, this this is definitely dope. Um she get she definitely gave us way more time than what we we, we thought we thought uh we nah, but was, it was we informative and but, we needed it because I was like I was like hey I, I know she probably had like a busy schedule and I'm like, I'm like oh I'm just probably gonna go oh it
1: before. oh before we get out of here because I know I know I got the pre recorded thing at the end but um by the time you hear this early voting will be over because it's from October thirteenth to the twenty third here in Texas um but November third go vote i'm gonna say something i normally just tell josh but if you don't vote you're terry cruz <laughs> <laughs> and if you know what terry cruz is that's you if you don't vote if you ain't going to go vote because like i said before a republican governor a republican official just send every black person a letter saying thank you for not voting because I didn't want you to vote anyway. Because <laughs> that's basically because every time you say like you know saying if if it's, if it's if it's your personal preference to not vote whatever that's cool but at the end of the day voter voter suppression that's the reason they do it they don't want you to go so what you're saying is you're saying like you 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 down with the, you're not down with the man. Screw the man, but you're doing what the man wants. So you're in cahoots with the man when you don't vote. <laughs> you basically doing what he told you to do. you basically mm-hmm. saying, all right, yeah, you're down with the system. I ain't voting. Then all of a sudden he's like, thank you, because that's what I want you to do, stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I said, it's your personal preference. But at the end of the day, the same people that you don't want in office are the same people that don't want you to vote. So just take that nugget with you, think about it, write it down, put it, put it, put it on, put it on a post it on your uh, refrigerator and all that. I'm gonna let these two guys talk because this is something that I've always said because you had me out there marching, almost had me on the freeway. And then you looked at me and said, we're not going to finish the fight though. Cause I ain't going to vote. So you almost had me get ran over by a car and my back and my feet hurting you're not going to finish the job. I need you to finish the job, y'all. All right, what y'all
2: got to yeah. say? Oh, well, I just wanted to say happy birthday to Amari and happy birthday to Octavia, because today's Octavia's birthday. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. Amari's mm-hmm. birthday. Say the date. date, though. 10-17 yes, yes, yes. is Octavia's birthday. 10-18 is Amari's birthday. And I'm just... Give it over to Tim because I know his birthday party was supposed to start like five minutes ago and we've been holding him up. So <laughs> He's like, yo, uh, y'all making me late.
0: <laughs> man, all I got to say is if you do vote, use your vote to make a difference. If you don't vote. Stand on what you believe in, but still go out to your community and make a difference. Make a difference. Yep. All right, Joe. I got to go. All right.
1: right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Uncore Open Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Uncore Open Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Uncore Open Podcast on Facebook. Also share, subscribe, and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker. Be sure to leave us ratings and reviews. Thanks.